Well, we thank the Lord today. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we, we've come to this place today to find out who we are in you and who you are in us. Outside of these walls, Lord, there's, there's swaths of, of residential places and commercial places, even churches this morning, that are without power. But I don't know about you, but I felt power in here today. I felt power in here today. And there's power that has the ability to break chains today. There's power that has the ability to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to knock off those things that have been holding us down. There's power today in this house. We thank God for his power. Amen. I remember when I first came to the Lord, I had a passion in me. I had a fire in me. I had a desire to do the things of God. Something in me was just lit, and I had this edge about me. I had this urgency about me. But something happened as I continued to walk. Something happened where I compromised with the things of the world, where, where I became, I came to a place where things became familiar and common. We're coming through that common time and we're coming into an uncommon time. We're coming into an uncommon time. I wanted to believe that there were men and women out there that were serving God with the full capacity of their hearts. And I wanted to be around those people. I wanted to be in fellowship with those people. I wanted to do what they were doing and I wanted to hear what they were saying. I wanted to go where they were going. I wanted to be ready. Even, even this morning, it, I was reminded that there was a time in my life where everybody remember Hulk Hogan and they, they do these tag team matches and you were just waiting for him to be tagged in. And there was a time in my life where I was just ready to be tagged in, waiting with my hand out reaching for my partner to come tag me in so we could take on the enemy. There was a time where I wanted to be put in prison like Paul and Silas with friends in fellowship and in the middle of the night at the midnight hour begin to cry out and worship to God and see the, see the, the, the prison walls collapse in front of me. I wanted to see the power of praise do what it had to do. You know, this house is very peculiar in the way that we do worship. You know why? Because worship is something that our apostle teaches us, has great value in the kingdom. You understand that as we worship, angels came, come here and minister with us. They come here and worship with us. There's something about this place and a sound that, that leaves this place that attracts heavenly hosts. They come here and begin to do battle for us and with us. You know, worship is so much more than just standing here and lifting our arms and clapping at times and singing the lyrics that are on the screen. Worship is so much more than that. Worship is praise, number one. It's praise, it's acknowledging. See, everybody acknowledges that there's a king. Everybody at some point in their life is gonna acknowledge there's a king. But there's a difference between acknowledging and acknowledging that he's my king. And that's what we do in worship. We acknowledge that he is our king that we bow our knee to Him, that we, we turn our ear, we tune into Him, and we listen to Him and obey Him because He's our King. There's a difference in acknowledging. I have a son right now that's rebelling. Now, he'll still acknowledge me as father. He'll still call me dad. But he doesn't acknowledge me in that he follows me, that he takes my guidance and direction and instructions. He calls me dad. He'll come around when he needs something. I need some gas, I need an oil change, I need some tires. He'll come around. But he doesn't acknowledge me when I say these are the steps that you need to take. These are the things that are going to lead you into prosperity and abundance and health and strength. Praise is about acknowledging the one true king. 
Thank God for this house. Thank God, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there is worship being played in this sanctuary right here. So the weary souls as they're traveling by, heavenly hosts as they're traveling by can come be ministered to here and prepare an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere here. There's a sound here. So not only is it praise, not only is worship praise, but it's also an offering. You know, the Bible tells us that we have to make a sacrifice of praise. I thank God for Sonny. I know he's going to work with the, with the kids. He, he's had a tough week. He's got his stepmom and his father in the hospital going through a tough time. But do you see a sacrifice of praise up here when he's on that guitar? Do you see the yearning of his heart to believe every word and every truth that's in God? It's an offering. It's a sacrifice of praise. So worship's praise. Worship's an offering. But worship's also a prayer. It's a prayer. Sometimes those, those words, they don't line up with what I'm feeling, my emotions, my mindset. They don't line up, but I sing them, I read them, I proclaim them out loud so that they, they resonate in my flesh. My spirit begins to speak to my spirit, my flesh. It becomes something powerful inside of me. So it's praise. It's an offering. It's a prayer. It does one other thing. It saturates. It saturates. We've seen, we've seen the importance of saturation even right now. You know, these high winds, if they came through a week ago or a month ago before we've had almost record falling rain in this area, right? That rain is, is it's been intense. Our whole property is wet, soaking wet. But because of that, then when the high winds come, they push over the poles, they push over the trees. That's what praise does. That's what worship and atmosphere of worship does. As we saturate in the atmosphere, God can breathe. He can breathe his wind out among those things that are coming against our families, coming against our finances, coming against our health, coming against our strength. And he can breathe. And as we're saturated in this environment, those things push over. Those things fail in the name of Jesus. So we thank God for this house. We, some of you are wondering where Apostle Frank is. He's been feeling under the weather. Their family is going in a, in a lot of directions. And we pray for him this morning. His strength will be renewed. We know that our apostle will be strong and then gone. So we lift him up this morning. We thank God for him and what he's set here, what he's established here. You know, he keeps this place holy. He keeps this sanctified. There's no strange fire that happens on this altar. And Pastor Laura Lee, as she travels to see her grandchild, what a blessing. I think about wanting to be trapped, thrown into the fire with people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Was there a time in your life where you were like, bring on the fire? Go ahead and turn it up seven times hotter. You're new in faith. You're new in your strength. You're new in your belief. You're around believers. That you're like, come on, bring it on. I if it's out there, I want to be a part of it. I want to experience that, knowing that the Lord's going to be with us. According to the word, we're made new in Christ. If we can bring up uh, Colossians 3, please. We're going to go to verses 10 and 11. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Verse 11, 
where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. I believe that means two things, and there's two things that I can get from that world, or from that word. Number one is, I'm no longer limited by my past. If I read this word, go back to 10, please. I'm no longer limited by my past. It doesn't matter where I came from or grew up. It doesn't matter that, that we had a difficult life as we, were, as we were coming up. It didn't matter that we lived in a big orange house and, drew, and drove a baby blue Ford Granada. What mattered is even during that time, God was doing a wonderful things in our lives. It doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter, you know, my last name's Royer. I was given to that name by my father. But my mother's maiden name is Fender, and, and I associate with the Fenders. It doesn't matter if you're a Royer or a Fender. It doesn't matter what, where you came from. It doesn't matter the names you've given. When I went to school on the first day of school, everybody called me Ralph. All the teacher would say, is Ralph here? You know, they're taking, you know, see if you're present or not. Now, I didn't know myself as Ralph because my whole family, my whole life called me Buddy. Uh, my sister couldn't say Brother Will, so I got this nickname, and uh, I'm going to blame her for that. But I was known as Buddy, and I was known as Ralph. It doesn't matter what my name is, what my name was. It didn't, it didn't matter what I could do or couldn't do. It didn't matter what I did or didn't do. It didn't matter that I hurt people or I helped people. What matters is the Word of God. I've been put on and made new in Christ. Number two, accepting Christ, I am a new man. That means I'm renewed. That means I have a clean slate. It means I have a new identity. When I was a new Christian, I believed words like this. I still do, I still do, but I've compromised at times. We've been asked not to live in this body, in this flesh. Pastor Frank teaches us all the time that we have the ability to either live in the natural or the supernatural. To live in the flesh or live in the spirit. To live in the infinite or the finite. We have, we have to make these decisions. We have to decide where we're going to live. I still have a heart for the Lord and the people of the Lord and the people in my communities. But there was a time when it, when it burned hot in me. And I'm looking for that time to come in. You know, Pastor Frank's been telling us we're coming into another season of next. Last time he said we were going into the next, it was about the pandemic and how the world was going to change forever and we were going to be part of that. And now he's saying we're being called into the next. And that next is a place of rest. Now, I believe that rest is resting from chasing after these things that are fleshly in us. The material things, the worldly desires, the people-pleasing that's what we're going to begin to take a rest from are those things, those things that take our attention and steal our attention and rob us. We have to get to this place where we no longer justify and make excuses for ourselves. And I'm talking to myself. Please don't take this like I'm being hard on you. I'm talking to myself. You know, the, the Bible says that our, our good deeds are of filthy rags to the Lord. I do not want my life in, in the... Comp you know, the, the, the fulfillment of my life to be a filthy rag before the Lord. I know that I'm saved in Jesus' name. I know that he's my Savior, but we have a work to do, and we're in a season to do that work and to fulfill that work. 
He's told us we're in the place of next. My prayer last night was that God would switch something on us today, that as we went through, that he would flip a switch. I believe that was, that was flipped. Did anybody else feel that shift? I sure did. You know, every, we depend on power in American society to do many things, really to do anything. Thank God it's not the middle of winter, it's not bitter cold outside, but as the power goes out, we depend on that power to do certain things in our homes. Our power went out yesterday when the wind came through. You know, we live on a farm in a rural area, and, and because of that, we have a necessity to have an emergency source of power. And I thank God for that. I thank God that we can plug in our generator, flip some switches, and have power in our home. We did that because we knew that we couldn't depend on the things of this world. We know that there's an infrastructure out there that provides power right now. It provides security and protection and provision. You know, this world system, this government system, it, it provides those things, but it's limited and it's vulnerable to days like we've experienced over the last couple weeks. It's vulnerable and we saw those vulnerabilities. So there's this season that we have to reach in and we have to be prepared to tap in to that source that's above that thing. The name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. In order to tie in our power, we, had to, we have to go through a series of steps. We don't have this generator that kicks on automatically like my mom does. 30 seconds after the power goes out, the generator kicks out, and immediately you have access to everything that you had access to before. We don't have that at our house, but what I do have is a generator. I have a cord that plugs into this device. Thank you, Brian Davis, for coming over and rewiring my, my breaker board and setting that wire in place for me. But when the power went out, it's important on the farm we have literally chickens hatching right now. <laughs> Last night at midnight, the first one hatched, we got eggs with two others that have probably hatched by now, a couple hours later, but they need to be in, in a certain level of humidity. They need to be in a certain level of heat. We have chickens in my barn that are maybe two, three weeks old that need constant warmth. They need to be maintained a constant level of warmth. We have water that needs pumped through an electric pump out of the well. We need, we need energy to go to the sump pump in a basement because we're so wet in our area that if we didn't have that, our basement would be flooded. We need power. We need power. I felt power today in service. I felt power. There's a power that's, that's lingering here. Sonny said something important. He talked about lingering. And, and we look at lingering like it's this bad thing, right? Like, like we're lingering, we're just laying around, not doing anything. That's, that's loitering. There's a difference between lingering and loitering. There's a difference. When you're loitering, you're just hanging around, watching what happens, taking it in, looking for opportunity to just cause trouble. But when you're lingering, you're waiting for somebody to come by. You're waiting for an action to take place. You're waiting for something to happen. You're waiting for somebody to stop by to tap you on the shoulders and to speak to you. That's what we're doing in worship today. We're lingering, waiting for the Lord. As he says, come spend time with me. We're coming into the presence to spend time with him. There's something powerful about lingering. You know, what was greatest about last night and the power going out is we made this little fire. Even though I have this generator that can run certain, uh, certain outlets at certain times, they can't run the whole house at once. But we have a fireplace. And that fire, Kim laid down by the fire and slept while I was reading. But uh, we have a fireplace that provides heat. We can linger by that fire. 
We were lingering today in that fire. Now, we weren't loitering. We were celebrating. We, we were praising. We were standing up. We were clapping our hands. We were entering the presence of the Lord. How powerful is that? We were, and in doing so, you know, I have my notes, and, and I'm, and I'm going to try to be uh, consistent with what I wanted to do and what I prepared, but at the same time, I want to be able to flow in the Spirit and let you know that, that there's a newness. There's a newness coming, right? There's a newness coming upon the earth. God is doing things on the earth. He's looking for people. His eyes going to and fro, looking for people that He can pour Himself into that he can pour himself out of. And those are the people that we're becoming. Those are the people that we want to be. That's why we're lingering. That's why in, in this church, that's why we do Thursday night Bible studies now, men and women Bible study, because we have new people that are going to be coming and they need to be discipled. That's why on the second Friday of the month that we're going to be doing come spend time with me nights, nights that aren't a platform. You understand that our worship team is not performing up here? These guys don't perform. They're not playing instruments so they can get an applause from you. They're, they're providing a platform where we can come and be ministered to in the presence of the Lord. Thank God for that. Thank God their hearts are right. That's a lingering, but the church is offering that the second Tuesday of the month. That There's this opportunity now to come and just to enter into worship. And whatever God wants to do, there's not going to be a pulpit where somebody preaches. There's not going to be exhortation. There's going to be praise and worship that allows us to align ourselves with what God is trying to say. It's going to knock down the noise and the chaos of the world and let that voice rise in us that's the Holy Spirit. We thank God for that. We thank God that on the second Saturday of the month that we can do men and women's fellowship. What a blessing to be able to do that, a gift to the body of Christ, especially in these times. As I was saying, with our power, we have to go through this process at the house. The first thing I have to do in my house when I start the generator is I have to go down into my basement and I have to flip the switch. That switch allows power to come from the outside into my home. And from there, it goes to all the different places and it goes out into my barn. So my first step is I have to shut down that power so that when I activate my generator, my power doesn't go back out and and make live the lines in case the workers are out there working on the lines. I have to disconnect that. Then I have to go out and I have to start up my generator. I have to plug it in and I have to turn on the switch and allow that to begin to enter my home. That's what God's doing through us today. He's flipping a switch. He's flipping a switch and he's going to give us some ways through his word to do that and make sure we're doing that correctly. You know, my phone will stay charged all day if I just use my phone as a phone and to read the Bible. You know, my phone, honestly, I can, I can go all day on my phone if I use them for those two purposes. But the problem is I get caught up in using my phone for all other kinds of reasons. I'm, I'm watching the news, seeing what's happening. I'm checking the weather, checking social media. Because I do a farm and a business, I'm always checking sites like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. I'm watching videos on YouTube on how to, what to do with chickens when they hatch, what to do with pigs when you have to breed them, all these different things. But because I'm tapping into those things and not using my phone just as, as a device for communication and for reading the Word of God, my phone goes dead throughout the day. It drains. 
That's what happens to us when we're tied into the world. I have full power if I just use that device for what it was meant for. I have full power and, and the ability at any time to know that I can flip it over and call somebody. But when I've been doing this sideways stuff and using sideways energy all day, I've got to keep looking and see what percentage is on and hope I have a charger. There's something about us being charged up. We can come here on Sunday morning and we get charged up. We get fired up in the spirit. But as soon as we leave those doors, the world's out there waiting for us. And it's got something that it wants to plug into each and every one of us to try to draw this energy, this power that we felt today out of us. It wants to steal that from us. It wants to take that from us. Here's the thing, you know, the thing Apostle Frank teaches everywhere I go that I've been with him is this isn't about us. We, we come here and we get all charged up and we feel good. There's feelings and emotions. We get excited. I was sweating a little bit. I was afraid I was going to lose my voice because I just want to praise the Lord. But this isn't about us. This is about being charged so that we can help the people in our communities, so that we can speak into their lives, so we can pull them out of the pit, out of the darkness, so we can be a bright light. Last night, we shut our lights off. I did because I didn't want the whole world knowing that we were the only ones on State Route 165 with power. You know, I, I didn't want to attract what darkness, you know, I, I'm glad to be the light. Don't get me wrong. In a spiritual sense, I want to be the brightest light out there. You know, and, and the brightest light shines the farthest. But we have to shine bright at home. And that's what this place is. I thank God for that. But we have to be plugged in. And it's not for us. We have to have power. I have to have stuff left on my phone so that when a phone call comes in and says we need to go to the hospital right away, when somebody says I need you to call this person, that I have enough power left in my phone to make that call. I need to make sure I have enough Holy Spirit in me that I can minister in the way that, we need, that I need to, that we need to minister to people. That's why we come to services like this. I got charged up today. I think, you know, I got four little lights on, on a battery juice system we use. I don't know where the fifth and sixth one is, but that was today in worship, right? So we thank God for that. I'm getting off, I'm getting off topic a little bit. Let me get back here. Let me get back. We, uh, the, the flesh. We begin to compromise with the world. We become, when we compromise with the world, we become familiar with the, with the things of, of the Spirit, with the things of the Word. But we can't. We have to fight against that. The Bible says that, that while we're in the world, we're not supposed to be of the world. So here we are living in the world, functioning in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. While we live in this flesh, we're supposed to live in the Spirit because in Him we live and move and have our being. You know, I got, we got in a car this morning and drove here. And, and while I got in the car and drove here, I didn't become the car. The car became a tool and a resource for me to get to the place I was going. I drove it. I steered it. I operated that vehicle because that's what I'm to do with this flesh. This flesh is a tool. This flesh was designed to be a tool to get us into ministries, into spheres, into atmospheres where we couldn't otherwise gone, but this flesh body, this suit allows us to enter those places. And once there, we minister from the spirit. My car got me here, but I'm not sitting out at the car listening to the sermon. I got out of the car and I came in here and I worship in spirit and truth. That's what we're doing. That's what we're called to do so that we can minister others. We live in spirit and truth.
Colossians, let's go to verse 3. Colossians 3, verse 3. For you died and your life is hidden in, in God. I was thinking as I was preparing last night that I could have Ben come up here and I could stand behind Ben. Ben's a big guy, strong, strong guy. I could stand behind him and you wouldn't see me. I would be hidden behind Ben. That's what it's saying here, that we're hidden in Christ. Our flesh is hidden in Christ. The way we operate is hidden in Christ. Go to the next verse. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. But if I'm with Ben, the places Ben goes, when it's time to step out and reveal Christ, and Christ is ready to be revealed, I can step out with Ben. I'm stepping out with Christ, and I'm in Christ at the same time, and we're operating in unity. Next verse. Therefore, put to death your members which are of the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. These are the things that separate us. These are powerful statements here. Fornication, that's talking about porn. That's talking about lust. That's talking about chasing after things that, that the body desires, that the flesh desires. Uncleanness, those things that we, we come in contact with because we've somehow justified it in our lives. And here it's still talking in a lot of ways about sexual uncleanness. Passions. We know passion is, is powerful in the kingdom of God. But what is the, the purpose of our passion? Where are we pointing our passion to? That's what matters. Evil desires. Our heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. If we trust this heart, if we follow this heart and we're not listening to the Spirit, we're going to go into places that are going to zap all our energy, take all of our power away from us. Covetness, which is idolatry, worship of other gods, focusing our attention, bowing our knees, giving our time, opportunity, and our treasures to things that aren't Christian things, that aren't, aren't things God has assigned us to do. Next verse. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. We're not the sons of disobedience. We proved that this morning. If you came in this church, if, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're not the sons of disobedience. It's time to flip the switch. Next verse. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived with them. Keep going. But now you yourselves are put are to put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth, keep going. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Here's the thing. Like I said, this isn't about us. The, the power that we're being given, the authority, the dominion that we have is so that we can engage with these people that God puts in our path as we leave here, outside of these walls, when we compromise, when we step into those things, we have to understand that people are watching. They're waiting for us to fail. They're waiting for us to make a mistake so that they can judge God. They want to judge God based off of us. Now, we, we're, we don't have enough authority to be put in that position, but we have to watch that we're not doing those things. We have to flip the switch. Let's go to verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put under... Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Keep going. 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. We have to begin to expect the best of each other. You know, we, in Thursday night, we were talking about unity among the whole body of Christ and how important that is. If we would just come together, if we would quit competing with each other and begin completing each other, if we would begin to share the gifts amongst the whole body through the body that we belong in, how much greater this power, this fire of God would move throughout the earth. That's what this is about. It's about having an expectation that somebody didn't mean to hurt you. Not being offended if somebody said the wrong thing. Maybe they meant it, maybe they didn't, but we don't carry those offenses. We don't allow those things to hinder us or hold us back. Next verse. And we're going to go through 17. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, Sonny talked about it this morning. He talked about taking this step of putting on the garment of righteousness, the robe of righteousness. There's something about that. You know, we've been giving garments to wear. Pastor Frank did a whole series about the rooms of God and that there were closets with garments in them. Now, we, we understand through the teaching of this house that We've been given a garment of salvation when we receive Jesus Christ, but then we've also had the opportunity to put on a robe of righteousness. Sonny had us put that on today. If you took that step, you put that on today. Even if you didn't, the Lord is waiting for the opportunity to put that robe of righteousness on you. But he's also, in Revelation, called us priests and kings. You have kingly attire to put on at times, and there's times when you take off that garment and you put on your priestly attire. Because we intercede on behalf of people. Sometimes we're the only thing standing in the way. We're the only thing holding back the darkness. Do you understand that? That in worship today, the thing you did, the sound that you released, the sound that we released, holds back the darkness? That it goes forth and does battle against an enemy that wants to sift us like wheat? An enemy that wants to hang you upside down on the cross to boil you in, in, in hot oil? Today, just entering into worship, just entering into his word, we become soldiers and, and we're doing battle and engaging arm in arm with hosts of heaven to do warfare in our community. Today, strongholds were broken in Youngstown. Today, high places were made low and low places were raised high. But we have to continue to live in this atmosphere and environment and we have to take that with us. We can't just get charged up here and then walk out of those, those doors back there and let the world steal our energy. We have to carry this charge that we have with us. We have to flip the switch. Let's go to verse 23. Verse 23, please. I know we skipped two of them. And whatever you do, do it heartily as if to the Lord, not by men. I'm just going to be honest with everybody. A lot of times I felt like the Lord has led me to do something and I'm always looking for men to engage with. I'm always wanting a partner in crime. Now, when I say crime, Sonny talks about raising hell, but it's not raise, R-A-I-Z-E. It's, it's about erasing hell, breaking hell down, knocking it on its butt and doing damage. And I'm always looking for somebody that wants to do that with me. The problem I have is oftentimes 
I'm putting my faith in man. You know, the middle verse of the Bible says, do not put your faith in man. Man's going to let you down. And that's, that's the design of the enemy that he can, he can delay our tactics if he can get us lined up with people that will let us down if we'll carry an offense, if he can break off that relationship. Because we've been designed to, to go two by two where synergy raises up in us and we can do mighty things for the kingdom. If, if, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. But if we start putting our faith in man and depend on that man to step up and do his thing, Sometimes we can use that as an excuse to justify us why we don't do what we know we're supposed to do. And I've been guilty of that in my life. I've been guilty on waiting for somebody else to step up and do it. This isn't the time. God's flipping a switch in us right now. If there's a ministry in your heart, don't expect Apostle Frank and Pastor Patty to do it. Don't expect that every Sunday you come in here that it's up to Jeff and Walt and Sonny and Leanne to let you plug into their chargers so that you can get lifted up. Don't expect that every Sunday when we come in, it has to be Apostle Frank and Pastor Patty that fires you up and lights you up. There's a fire burning inside each and every one of us. We've been seated at the right hand of the Father. We're seated in heavenly places. Right now, even though your body, this flesh, your car's parked out there, you're in here. Your flesh is parked right here, but your spirit is seated in heavenly places with the Father right now. And as such, we're wearing priestly attire. We're interceding on behalf of those we love. But we're also, might have lost it, we're also wearing kingly attire. Where we're proclaiming, declaring the things that God once proclaimed throughout the earth. My children will be saved, serving, and satisfied in Christ. We will be saved, serving, and satisfied in Christ. I asked a man here on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, we were sitting here having a discussion. And I said, what do you think it is? When will you finally be satisfied in Christ? And I expect these answers. Like when I see the dead raised, when I see the blind man see, when I see people get up out of wheelchairs and run through the halls and, and go out to the dumpster and throw away their canes or walkers in the wheelchairs, that'll be satisfying. That's not what he said. He said, I'll be satisfied when I'm empty. When there's nothing left of me. And God can have everything. That's when he'll be satisfied. That's what we want. That's what we desire. But we have to let those things go that'll grab our attention and drag us away from the plans and purposes God has for us. That's satisfaction. We have to rule the spirit in order to do that. That's satisfaction. That's what I want. I'm not sure what the Lord wants to do next. I know he doesn't want us to put our faith in man. I know that's not the desire of his heart. I know that he's getting ready to, if you'll allow him, to do a mighty work through you in the earth. Without a doubt, I know that that's what he's getting ready to do. My job, our job, is to put ourselves in a position to hear him, to be aligned with him, to not let everything that's going on outside of these walls prevent us from doing everything that's necessary outside of these walls. To operate from, from the supernatural, to tie into the things that are available to us, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's where we're going. 
My prayer, again, like I said, was that God would flip a switch. I didn't, in, in doing that, I didn't understand that today <laughs> that God would flip a switch in worship. I didn't understand that he would release a sound that would, that would wipe out every other frequency on earth. You know, in the military, we used something called a blue force tracker, and it was because the enemy would, would set up improv improvised explosive devices along the road, and they would use radio frequencies to activate them as we drove by. But we had this little device called a blue force tracker, and it would jam all the signals within a certain radius of the vehicle that it was in. Now, it didn't always cover every vehicle, but it was staged throughout the convoys in certain vehicles so that as you went by, if that's the device they were using and they wanted to deploy that against us, it would jam that frequency. Now, there were, there were vulnerabilities in between. There were, there were vehicles that weren't covered in those spheres. They didn't always overlap. But if the enemy tried to hit the ones that were, he would get discouraged and he might think the whole convoy was protected. That's what we're doing. That's who we have to be to, to one another and to each other. We're not always at the, at the perfect place with Christ. There's, not there's been times when I've, leave, I've leaned so hard on my wife that it wasn't fair for her that I got so far away from God, I got so dry that I couldn't taste God anymore, that I, I didn't even thirst for Him anymore. You ever been so hungry that you're not hungry anymore? So thirsty that you're not thirsty anymore? You ever been working so much that, that those things don't even come into your existence? I, there's, there's times when we've worked 36 hours straight and not even stopped to eat, not stopped to drink. We might have a drink here and there, but we've not stopped to enjoy a drink. But because you're engaged in the activities that are going on, those thoughts don't even come to mind. We, there were times we didn't go to the bathroom for three or four days, for God's sake, because we're so active and engaged. There's been times in, in my life where I've had to lean on my wife when I had nothing left. There's been times when I've leaned on Quentin Flanagan when I had nothing left. There's been times I've leaned on Pastor Patty, Apostle Patty in Africa when I didn't have anything left at the moment. There's time people are going to have to lean on us, especially in the times we're going into. These are chaotic and dark times. But thank God that you come to a place like this and you submit yourself to worship. You submit yourself to the Word of God so that as those people are hungering, as they're thirsty, as they're broken, as they're weary, as they're struggling with depression and fear and anxiety and loss and lack, that here we are protected because we've spent time with God. And as we do that, everybody comes in. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Let's let the rain fall because of the just that's falling around us. It says, mercy and goodness follow us all the days of our lives. Let's get around so many people that when they're following us with goodness and mercy, it's hitting and knocking them down. Let's be those people. It's time to flip a switch. I've asked God to flip a switch.